Welcome back to Standing in the Doorway. This is Stan with Georgia Dad Sasuke, as they call me on the internet. And um, this is episode two. We're back. I honestly cannot believe it's happening. I don't really stick with stuff that often, so the fact that there's a second episode, it's pretty I guess deal. I should just give myself a pat on the back or oh, something. I'll pat you on the back oh, as well. Thank you very much, Owen. <laughs> Man, we're sticking with this. Like, Does your mom ever do the thing where, you know, when she's making spaghetti noodles, she takes it out and throws it on the wall, and if it sticks, that's how she knows it's ready? It's, no. That's a thing. That's like a southern mom like way of testing... Serious? If spaghetti is ready, so you see, whenever I cook my spaghetti, I just cook it for half the time it says on the box, and then pour salt in there, stir it, let it cook for like three minutes instead of seven minutes. Okay, and then strain it, and then boom, tastes way better that way because it doesn't feel like you're drinking pasta; it feels like you're ah, actually eating it. So that's, that's how I do it. Well, whether you drink your pasta or eat it, we're like that noodle that's stuck on the wall. We're here. That's awesome. But <laughs> um, anyway, this episode we'll be talking about Ka's new album, Descendants of Cain, based on the Book of Genesis. I'll sure. say there's a lot to dive into. Um, it's definitely a high. It's definitely of the same. Well, actually, I'll get into that when we start talking about it. But it's definitely a um a more high concept album from Ka mm-hmm. about the Book of Genesis. And then next up, we'll have the new album from Christian rapper D1 titled Timeless. And then after we review that, I will go over my Christian hip hop album bracket of all time because there is good Christian hip hop out there. Absolutely. And I want people to be able to discover it if they haven't heard of it sure. before. And then after that, of course, favorite tracks like I did last time, and then that'll be it. Cool, cool. So next up, we got the car review, but first some uh, music. Genesis chapter four. Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why was your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. That was Genesis chapter 4, the first 20 verses of it. And this is Descendants of Cain by Ka. Descendants of Cain has a lot of biblical ideologies laced throughout it. 
and its very simplistic production value. Um, I think it does a better job of setting tone and introducing a theme rather than having a flashy background to the content there. Um, but Cod does a great job of taking the weight of this idea of being a descendant of Cain, a descendant of one who multiplied Adam and Eve's sin and made it greater among the earth and takes a, a deep dive and a look at the way that it affects race and uh, separation and inequality even today. Ka explores a lot of these ideas. Um, and in my research, I actually found out that there are ties in not only in ancient Hebrew scripture in Genesis, but there's also ties into books like Beowulf, which we see thousands of years later. Um, and Beowulf. Grendel and Grendel's mother, which are the bad guys in this story, are descendants of Cain. So we see in that that it is a lineage of multiplied sin, but also the mark of Cain is a mark of God's protection over him. So God doesn't just banish him from the garden in order to leave him up to attack from people that are all over because he knows that he would be susceptible to that. But instead, God puts a mark on him that is a mark of protection from people's vengeance. All this to be said, Ka is a great rapper. He's a natural lyricist, and that's, I think, his best tool that he brings to the table, and that's what stuck out to me the most when listening through this album. Uh, Stan, I know you can give a lot more background to who Ka is, mm -hmm. but just going through this with a very, like I said, simplistic production buildup, whether it's just a riff of an electric guitar or even a string guitar, which was presented in, I think it's My Brother's Keeper. There's a, a steel guitar that's laced throughout it, so it gives almost a Western vibe. He's not a boisterous production rapper. He doesn't want to bring something that's going to take away from what he's saying, but instead he wants to set a tone and set a background for what he's bringing forward, which what he brings forward essentially is this idea that the sin of Cain, which was the murder of his brother, which is a multiplication of Adam and Eve's original sin, is something that was laced down through a lineage of people and is seen even today specifically in the black community. He references gang violence, he references the inability of this culture to have fruitful relationships amongst each other. And it references a lot of these things in a way that claims that what happened in the Garden of Eden is something that very much so affects the way that race relations work in today's world. Okay, so I don't know much about Ka. I came and I listened to this album for the first time. That was something that stuck out to me and is going to make me want to come back over and over again in the future. While this album is by, by no means a banger, it is absolutely a book and is well-deserving of a revisit, not only to the music, but also like to my own worldview. Like I'm sitting here listening to this and I'm like, man, I, I hear so many like huge claims of not only this biblical ideology, but also like blaming things that happen in today's world, whether it's the Ahmaud Arbery chasing down and gunning down, or even I was actually listening to this right after I watched the movie Django Unchained, the Quentin Tarantino movie, which explores a lot of race in a, in a pretty badass way, if you ask me. It's just, it's, it's amazing to see all these tie-ins in this world. So it's definitely, I think, worthy of revisiting. But yeah, like I said, the thing that sticks out most about Ka as a rapper is his lyricism. He's a maestro of alliterative rhyme structures that just hit harder and harder the more he brings them up. But also, I think above that, he's a beautiful storyteller. Um, because he's pre he's presenting a really heavy content here, um, something that's not necessarily going to make you hyped up and want to go out and play a football game, but it's something that you kind of want to sit on the front porch and drink a cup of coffee or maybe just sit there and just kind of reflect on life and reflect on your relationship with these ideas. So I'm a big fan of what's going on here, and at first glance, I give it a 7 out of 10, 10 um, and I was, I was a really big fan of Ka. But yeah, Stan, could you kind of provide some context as to who this guy is um, and what he brings to the table? Yeah, so he's a Brownsville rapper, and if anyone knows what Brownsville is, it's of New York. So if you listen to the West Side Gun album, you definitely heard some New York style hip hop in there, a little more modern, totally. but you definitely heard that old style in there. 
that really like and then all the stuff. Cock mm. kind of brings the same thing. The best way I can compare him is Rock Marciano, who was featured on the $500 Ounces song off of Pray for Paris, mm. but much more solemn in the way he carries himself. Totally. And for background on his music, he's definitely one of the most acclaimed underground rappers there is. Definitely more conscious than the rest of the um, the New York people, I'd say. Mm. And he had two albums that people kind of argued for like one of the best hip hop albums of the decade. It's like, which one is it? The Knight's Gambit from 2013, I believe, or Honor Killed the Same Samurai from 2016. Personally, I'd probably have to go with Honor Killed the Samurai. Are these Definitely, both Ka albums? These are both Ka albums. Okay. And Honor Killed the Samurai contain one of my favorite songs, just period. It's called That Cold and Lonely. And it's mm. actually a sample of, like I said earlier off the microphone, the Yusuf Latif song, Symphonic Blues Suite. The fourth movement. It's just this piano and a scream every now and then, just like, mm. ah! Yeah. And then when that wasn't happening, there were just tambourines going at it, just and it wouldn't stop it was to symbolize like dragging chains mm. while walking and with the solemn voice and no percussion just definitely and he's definitely big on trying to make these concept albums like in mm. 2018 he teamed up with producer i forget what his name is but he formed a duo called hermit and the recluse mm. and they created an album called orpheus versus the sirens and it's an album kind of like the way that descendants of cain is based on the bible orpheus versus the sirens was based on greek mythology and so he had a greek mythology rap album where he was kind of doing the same thing and while i think that orpheus versus the sirens is a better album than descendants of cain i still think descendants of cain is an amazing album and especially with the biblical lean you're not really getting much biblical lean from any rapper period mm. except for the christian rappers and the ones who do give the Christian ideas some sort of shine, they are making fun of it through some sort of thing like Jesus is the one. But as for songs on this album, you see the title, Descendants of Cain, and you're like, okay, it's definitely gotta have a biblical theme. Especially when you look sure. at the track list, you got Unto the Dust, My Brother's Keeper, Solitude of Enoch, The Eye of a Needle, Pray, Land of Nod, Sins of the Father, you definitely have a bunch of songs that are biblically inspired. And as Owen had said, it's very minimal in its sound. He tries to keep it quiet. It's like mm. you can hear a pin drop when you listen to the music. He's not in your face like West Side Gun is. He, he keeps, he's, it's like he's socially distanced from the microphone as well as the people <laughs> playing the instruments. That's good. It's like, a, it's like quarantine conscious rap. Mm. Man, that's it. That's the token of this album. That's good. But as for songs on this album, you have um, you have Every Now and Then, which is the intro. Definitely solid and quiet. Sets the mood very well for this. It's like the um, prologue to a book. Because yeah. like Owen said, it definitely is a lot like a book. But that's not a knock against it because books are good if you decide <laughs> sure. to actually get into them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm speaking as someone who doesn't really like reading whenever I read a book. I you usually and me both. enjoy it. You and me both. But after that, you get... I'm not going over all the tracks, but I'm just going over specific ones that kind of stuck out to me. But Unto the Dust, very minimal... And what I, I felt like it was a primitive bass. I felt like those sure. were, it sounded like what Genesis times would sound like. Mm. We we don't know if the Bible necessarily happened in the Stone Age or not. I'm not sure at least. Yeah. But it definitely sounded primitive as if it was taking place during Genesis. It is right. a Genesis rap yeah. in sound. And then you got Solitude of Enoch, which was one of my favorite songs. I had great lyrics. Let me go ahead and read some. Had to use your fists to change your fiscal. Figuring how to get rich became the ritual. Mm. As teens bought full magazines, if we had an issue, we all had beef, but for dinner having gristle. Oh, that line. Gosh. And that, that really Man. hit me. That yeah. was awesome. That might have been my favorite bar from the thing. Or one of them. There's another one that I'm about to get to. There's a lot of really good ones. And then pr the song Pray, that's an acronym mm. for Please Receive Any Yield. Yield. Yeah. And it's probably the most abstract sounding track. Sure. And it's another one of my favorites. And a line that stuck out to me just because Ka is not a Christian rapper. He said, like to rap righteous but still secular. Yeah, that was that was when like me listening without context of who Ka is as a rapper, that's when I was like, okay. 
okay, is this guy a Christian rapper? Just kind of trying to explore other avenues. But I, I really appreciate you giving the context because now that kind of gives that line a little bit more depth. No, so. he, seem, he seems to take religion a lot more seriously sure. than a lot of people because he's Definitely. willing to make a, a, a biblical album mm. without making fun of it. He takes what happens seriously, like the yeah. story of Cain and Abel yeah. or Enoch. But anyway, back to uh, my review. <laughs> the track Land of Nod, there was more guitar on there. Honestly, sure. this, this was probably my least favorite track. Mm. It didn't stick out to me like the other ones did in that way. But then you have Sins of a Father, which has Rock Marciano as a feature from $500 Ounces by West Side Gun. And then this had a very solid sample. And then, as I said, the Rock Marciano feature. And Rock Marciano also said on here, The week is baptized in Lake Superior. My lady from Syria, my interior Siberia, my eyes still teary, nothing could cheer me up. This is the criteria. And, and those, those set of bars really hit me too. Yeah. And then I Love was not, it wasn't really biblically based like the rest of the album was, sure. but it was still a cool outro. He was thanking loved ones, mm -hmm. as you would expect from a song called I Love. Yeah. Be definitely better than the Joyner Lucas version of I Love. Man. I love. It was, it was kind of like a uh, an epilogue to the story. So it's kind of taking ideas that were explored in it and then like applying it to like situations. So like the, in parentheses, I love Mimi, Moms, Kev. Um, these are three people that like were significant in his life. Um, and he was claiming like that they inspired him or motivated him to pursue this dream of rapping and stuff. And I kind of, I was thinking about like the, the mark of Cain and how that was like God's way of protecting him mm -hmm. um, even outside of the Garden of Eden. And it was like, it was cool because you see Mimi, Moms, and Kev maybe were the the mark of Cain to Ka throughout his life. These were the people who were protecting him and protecting his dream as he was growing up. So anyway, this dude's a beast. Well said, Owen. I still think it's a great album from Ka. He really he's very consistent. Anyone who knows about him knows that like any album you go into, you're kind of gonna you're not gonna get the same thing every time, mm. but you're gonna get close to it because it's it's just gonna be good, minimal, serious rap. Yeah. And, and this is not my favorite Ka album by any means. It's actually, as far, in terms of the Ka albums I've heard, it's my least favorite one. But that's okay. not a knock to it. It's still like my least favorite Ka album is still better than a lot of albums I'm hearing today. And that's saying something. Yeah. That should be a testament to how, no pun intended with the testament part, by the way. <laughs> that should Good be a one. testament to how great Ka is as Absolutely. a rapper. But well, like Owen, I'm feeling a 7 out of 10 on this one. I think cool. the concept is great, but if I'm trying to listen to something, I think I could go to another album for super awesome concept totally the west side gun album definitely vibed a little more with kind of the same avenue instrumentally right but that's really how we're feeling about it do you have anything else to say about it no it was great built tension well built tone well set the scene and and the fact that you say that this is your least favorite caught album is pretty encouraging because it makes me want to go listen to his other stuff yeah no i, I especially recommend um if you want the concept album kind of in the same way that descendants of kane was orpheus versus the sirens is really cool but if you're going for like just solo cop doing his thing honor killed the samurai is really good knight's game that some people like more but both are really good but honor killed the samurai definitely has like one of my favorite songs period Dang. so i would definitely check that one out but um up next we got the album review for d1's new album timeless and that'll be after um one more sponsors Perfect. All right, it's recording now. Ah, oh, beautiful. Back, me, in, um, back in business. Answer prayer for sure. Yes. <laughs>
Let's see. Welcome back to Standing in the Doorway, and now it's time to review the new D1 album, Timeless. D1 is a rapper, he's a Christian rapper, that is, who um, I didn't hear of until about 2013 or 2012 when he was featured on a Derek Minor song titled Dear Mr. Christian. It ended up being one of my favorite Christian rap songs, just period. Even now, I'm like, okay, that's a pretty good one. It's not my favorite, but I'd say it's a good one. He was featured, he was, he was the second verse on. Yeah, Derek Minor, then D1, then Lecrae. He's got this new album called Timeless. I honestly did not know what to to expect going into this. I was like, okay, it's a Christian rapper, but this guy has some um, really good endorsements. I think the best endorsement, in my opinion, from him is from a rapper named Murs. Who anyone who is into um, like music breakdowns and stuff is the former host of the breakdown from Hip Hop DX, as well as Strange Music Artist and sometime Christian rap collaborator like Propaganda, formerly John Gives, Pigeon John, formerly as well. So he's definitely got some credit from some very credible people in the hip hop community. So as I said, I wasn't no sure what to expect from this album, but um, here's what I thought of it. I guess track by track. So so it opens up with "It's My Turn," and I thought this was an okay track. It was definitely Definitely a passable beat. Not nothing much to say about the song. Whatever you expect from Christian rap, is it super corny? <laughs> Kinda. It's, it's not like it's not like overly corny. Sure. Like you would expect, but it's it's not the concept you would want from a Christian rap artist. Yeah. This timeless album, and I think the way this album opens should let you know that it's not a concept album. But then next up we have Found the One, and this was um in my opinion, a polarizing track because I really thought the beat was awesome, but the lyrics did kind of ruin it because yeah. um, there was this one lyric that said, if you found the one, put your ones up. And mm. I cringed when I heard it. I was I at, roll for sure. <laughs> I, was at, I was at my break and I was like, you gotta be kidding. That's some youth group stuff. It sure is. <laughs> and it's clearly not satirical either in the way he says it or sarcastic or anything like that. He's definitely like being serious when he says that. So I had to definitely knock him for that. But but the beat was cool. Definitely a little more. It almost like maybe some sort of like pop sound, but not like the modern pop sound. Um, a cool Courtney Hart feature. It doesn't add or subtract anything, but I thought maybe it added a little bit because of the type of instrumental it was. But hey, you know what? Okay song if you really want to check it out. And then you have Blue, which I really didn't have much to say except for its cool beat. And then he had Really Feel This. And like any other track, not much to point out here except sure. that he points out his own double entendre, which, <laughs> which lyrically kind of ruins it because yes. if you're going to put, it's like if you're telling someone a joke like, hey, knock, knock. Who's there? I don't know. Get it. <laughs> Saying get it That's in any joke. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just kind of ruins it. So or I like, think, hey, I just told you a joke. Yeah, this is a society. <laughs> like, we are breathing. Gosh. Yeah. It's about, it's just too obvious to point out your own double entendre. It just kind of, it's, it's like a filler bar. It's like something logic would say. And anyone who knows logic's recent output, anything after the incredible true story is just, it's just, <laughs> but um, then the next up you have New Orleans Freestyle. And originally I said I wasn't going to say this, but I guess I will. And when up. I was in youth group, I wrote a freestyle called New Orleans Freestyle because <laughs> I was in New Orleans when I made it. And at the time I thought it was super cool. Probably about as I would have thought this D1 song would have been. <laughs> not like the song, not not even that the song was terrible though. Yeah. Because honestly, this was probably my favorite beat and it was a good track. It, it was God flexing. It was more that like, I got God, but it sounded good when he was doing it at least. Sure. And then you have Stranger, which was an okay string-backed beat, but 
but the soul sample was um the best part in my opinion but i still kind of have it as a knock because if a soul sample is the best part of your own song it's like having a feature carry you which can really harm a track like if you put kendrick on this trash guy's track and he saves it then it doesn't mean it's a great song it just means kendrick did good on it <laughs> this soul sample was the good part and then that's just how i feel yep. in in my opinion honestly this was probably the most boring song pretty basic production sounds like an old cult slack type beat and flow which anyone who is like super super into christian rap might know who i'm talking about he was more into the fast flow kind of stuff which if you know any white guy who just does fast flowing music they get the crappiest beat they can find and then just rap fast over it it's not that d1 is rapping fast but it sounds like he took that beat and just kind of worked with it like yeah. tried to sound cool that's a good point like not not to say it's as trash as soldier boy which sometimes soldier boy is or isn't trash but i don't know i think the all the way turned up beat by soldier boy is pretty bad and i kind of compare it to that <laughs> yeah next you got writer's block which had some cool woodwinds in the back and boom bap drums and i thought that was pretty cool mm. honestly it was probably my favorite song on the album definitely sure. didn't sound too bad and then you have od on life which really the biggest thing that irked me on this thing was the hook i thought it was very annoying and nasally yeah just kind of like ah, nah, 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 nah. but that's what i thought of it then in the end you have only god can judge me which yeah yeah i don't know how i feel about that title yeah it's like it sounds a little too basic but it's still it's the last song on there sure. and there's some cool speed bursts on it i guess and it's, it's one of the better tracks it's it's not terrible but honestly this kind of just validates anyone who thinks christian rap is bad music and i i don't want christian rap to be bad in fact the next segment is supposed to highlight what is good in christian rap music sure. but if i were to make the next segment is the 64 best christian rap albums i'll tell you how i decided it later mm. but this album would definitely not be on there it's not as good as jesus is king and even that i, I don't want to spoil the list but that was not one of the high seating albums on mm. the list but i mean it's an okay album there's really not much to say about this what would you give it numerically i mean i'd probably give it like a, a strong four to a light five it's nothing special you're not getting you see, from Ka, he's not a Christian rapper, but he's still doing the Christian concept much better than almost any Christian rapper could do, mm. which Called is kind out. of... In, 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 in my opinion, it's embarrassing just mm. because as a Christian and knowing that God created us with gifts mm. to be able to glorify him, sure. the Christian rap scene or really any Christian music, in my opinion, I have a lot of the same complaints, but way more with worship music mm. is that there's no creativity. It's yeah. all just pumped out because you're doing it for the big G. Yeah. But yeah. just because it's for God, it doesn't mean like the music is okay mm. because I stand by this and a lot of people might actually be turned off by what I'm about to say. But if the music behind the message is garbage, then the music is gar gar garbage. It's mm. as simple as that. We sure. review music. We support the message of D1. And maybe not the message of someone like West Side Gun, but we're we're in music reviews. Sure. We think the West Side Gun music is good. The D1 album, it's not it's not great. Honestly, I would say your average album is probably a 5 or a 6 out of 10. But this is like around that, but maybe just below it. This is just below mediocre album, in my opinion. Mm. It's just, I'm just not feeling it. Like sure. I said, strong 4 to a light 5. Yeah, I, and before I go, we're not bad on you know worship music or anything like that i just wanted to echo what what stan was saying exactly. absolutely because um you do see this a lot whether it's kendrick or ka or j cole even in a lot of his music presenting christian themes even though they're not classified as a christian rapper in a way that is better than most christian rappers do 
Um, so I'm definitely for the Christian rap community's response to all these things and moving forward, hopefully getting a little bit more creative and a little bit more adventurous with how they present topics, which are age old when you kind of look at the age of scripture and all that kind of stuff. But I was a little bit more gracious to D1. Maybe it was just because I, I went from listening to Ka while cleaning my room um, and was really vibing with it and enjoying it, but was also kind of uh, disappointed with the task at hand. So when Timeless came on, I was like, I, was go I got a little bit more pep in my step with uh, what's going on right now. I'm folding clothes. I'm enjoying it. It's my turn. Found the one. You know, all this kind of stuff's <laughs> rolling out and I'm enjoying it. And and what, what stuck out at first was that, like, in terms of D1 skill, he's, he's definitely your run-of-the-mill rapper. Like, he... He's got the, the skills to come to the table in terms of lyricism and like how his music is produced that is going to fall like well on your palate. Like you're going to enjoy mm -hmm. it at first, but that's kind of all there is to it. That's, he's very surface level, especially starting off with It's My Turn. That was very bravado based in terms of in terms of the theme of the song. Um, he even went to went so far as to mention himself in the same line as some of rap's best, which I just, whenever I'm getting into a new artist, especially one that I haven't heard of, which there are a lot that I haven't heard of um, that we've reviewed so far, um, but when you're going to claim that you're in the same stage or level as Lil Wayne or Biggie, which I think are the two that he references on this song... You're gonna have to follow up, and I and I don't think he did. But um, like I was saying, um, I was really enjoy I was really enjoying it because found the one came up, um, and I've written down that the hook was catchy as frick. I mean, goodness, it was it just came up over and over again, and it's just a fun love song. And it's you know, oftentimes it kind of like with a, a worship song it's easy to stick to the same uh, formula that works because you're only trying to provide music to be used for a worship service. Same thing can be said about love songs um, and that they can get really repetitive in terms of themes and even phrases that are used. It's really easy to fall into the trap of cliches. I kind of, I was, I was pleased that he didn't use a lot of cliches in this song um, and he wasn't too far from the reality of the difficulty and the fun of a relationship. And this was kind of where I was getting drawn into the guy because um, he does have some really good wordplay moments in this song and in the rest of the album as well. But yeah, I, I was just, I was really interested in how um, he kind of goes back and forth from uh, being brash and like self-praising. But on the next moment, he's lacing positivity throughout his music. Like he, mm -hmm. he wants to, you know, uplift himself and his own spirits as well as the, the spirits of the people that are listening to. And one thing that just kind of kept coming uh, to my mind was when it comes down to it, this is the kind of content that people need in the midst of a pandemic <laughs> or in the midst of cleaning their room um, to kind of lift your spirits. And I, and I think D1 does a really good job of that. I think I'm going to go back on what you said because you, <laughs> you were bashing. That's just how I feel. And as soon as that song started, I was like, oh man, this is definitely a a workout playlist song or something like that. Yeah, that that's um, what it was. Sure. And that and that and coming off of what you said, that's kinda all there is to it. You know, like that's that's all he's got. It's it's something good to be playing in the it, background. It is wall. exactly how he feels on right. pressure. Exactly. <laughs> that's a good point. I thought Stranger was probably the the deepest song on the album, which isn't really saying much. There was definitely uh, almost how much a dollar cost to arc with uh, the the relationship and the conversation that he has with the homeless man. You know, because Kendrick has this conversation on the song, how much a dollar cost with a, a homeless man. And, uh, you know, he, he has some like revelations about himself. And I think D1 kind of brings that same thing um, to the stage. So a really interesting concept, but definitely not something that has not been done before. I think I said that right. Mm -hmm. Not something that has not been done before. Writer's Block was also really good. That was kind of one of the moments where I started noticing that his album was borderline meta in terms that he was talking about what he's doing, mentioning the writing process and the anxiety of producing music and worrying about how it's going to be received by the crowd. But yeah, uh, you know, he definitely has some good lines.
lines in that song referencing the two plus two is four, four plus four is eight, eight plus eight is, is how I build my career, whatever he said. I thought that was really good. But yeah, when it comes down to it, uh, a lot of these songs fall into the trap of borderline cheesiness. And uh, it's definitely, like I said, the content that people want in a time like this where the news isn't too uplifting. People are going through a lot of hardship right now, and D1 brings something to the table that is just, you know, chock full of positivity. So I, I definitely commend him for that. And of course, wrapping up with one of the biggest cliche phrases, probably in rap music, if not just pop culture of all time, this concept of only God can judge me. Thank you, Miley Cyrus, for popularizing that again. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that one, I will give him some grace because I think he kind of took the idea of only God can judge me and kind of flipped it on its head a little bit because usually you see that in people that are, I'm doing all this crazy stuff, but you can't judge me. God can only judge me. You know, I'm out here. I just set a car on fire or whatever. But D1 is saying like, I'm going to present a positive message through my rap to the rap community and I'm going to get bashed on for it. But when it comes down to it, only God can judge me. So kind of saying it in the way of I'm not worried about what you say about my music, even though he's already confessed about being worried about what you say about his music, but going to only God can judge me. And he also refers to himself as Mr. Positive in that song. And I almost think that that would be a better rap name for him than D1. <laughs> but that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But yeah, in terms of numerically, I give it a 5.5 uh, at first glance. That number might go down on revisits, but I don't really plan on revisiting it too much. There are definitely some songs that I'll add to some playlists, but it was fun. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to piggyback off of. I think it was the um when you were talking about the worship uh -huh. bands and the industrialized stuff there's definitely more homogenized sound in worship music. sure i could definitely go into this as my own topic later on and not this episode but in a later episode but like i was listening to this album called girl with a basket of fruit by this experimental band from california called shushu x-i-u x-i-u ah yes so now you can look it up later you can, <laughs> you can vomit to mary turner mary turner oh, like i did I'm kidding, I did not vomit, but I almost did. But yeah, um, close. about that band, there was definitely this sound of disturbance. That if a Christian artist wanted to, they could definitely bring. Like, you listen to all these other bands that are not Christian bands, you could definitely get that in Christian music if you could just find the people who do it. Goodness, it's sure. just, oh. They're hard to find. It, it really irks me that we have a God that gives us these talents, but we don't use them to be weird. We use them to follow a formula yeah, in yeah. Nashville, Tennessee <laughs> for some Christian label. You so youth groups can pump out this music to them and not saying that music at youth group is a bad thing i think worship is a good thing yeah. in theory worship is great but in practice uh, yeah. there definitely could be some more done to it yeah like, and at least more conceptual because a christian rap artist could definitely be conceptual you don't hear it that often mm -hmm. this is just another homogenized christian rap album, sure. in my opinion and not saying like it's just utter trash it's not yeah. i'd rather listen to this than the big day by chance the rapper or almost any <laughs> yes. logic album even <laughs> Yeah. Or actually, even in any NF album, which... Infamously, NF is my least favorite rapper. Man, so hot takes. I'll, I'll actually talk about that in the next segment about the Christian rap bracket. But that's how I feel about it. There's not much more to say. Next up, I will be going over my Christian rap album bracket. Stay tuned. Yep. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Hey, 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 everyone. Georgia Dad Sasuke here, this room's busiest music nerd. Actually, that's not even the case. It's completely negated by Owen's research on the music we review. Yeah. Owen, you're actually doing really good at this. You, it's awesome. You definitely take the cake of music nerddom, though. I'm on your heels, though. No, you're definitely close. You're actually, like, you're passing me as we speak. Not a chance. But, but it's time for me to maybe regain my lead this time. Do it. With the... Best 
Christian rap album ever. A 64 album bracket. There was no real March Madness because it got canceled because of the pandemic. So instead we had Christian rap madness Man. instead of March Madness. So I went and made this bracket, 64 albums. I went to rateyourmusic.com and took the top 64 albums and mixtapes of all time and then made it into a bracket of 64 from one to 16 in four different regions. Huh. Each region is named after a former figure of Christian hip hop who has passed away in order to mm. pay tribute to them. Pay tribute. So the first section this we got. This is good stuff. So we got the Truett section named after Toby Mac's son. Rest in peace. But yes, rest in peace to him, especially as a um, a key member of childhood with his interesting little fun songs. Yes. And then we have D Boy, who was actually the second rapper. Period. Who got murdered. Mm. And so he's one of the few Christian rappers who have been assassinated to these days. And then okay. DJ Official, one of my favorites, yep. that passed away in 2015. That was very sad that to watch that sad. happen. And then DJ Effecto, who was suddenly killed by a heart attack in 2017. Mm. Both of those Correct me if I'm sad. wrong if some Christian rap nerd is also listening to this. So I went through 1 through 16 in each section. First in the true region, we'll start with the um, overall 1 versus the overall 16. We got Jay Givens with his Fly Exam album versus Lecrae's debut album, Real Talk. Now, Real Talk really is an awesome debut from Lecrae, but uh, Fly Exam is too good to lose this one. I um, really liked Fly Exam when I listened to it, so that um, goes to the next so one. So that was your top-seated overall yeah, that's right there? Yeah, top-seated overall moves on to the next one. Man, big deal. Okay. But um, next up we have the um, probably the most evenly matched one based on the ratings this has gotten. Um, Lecrae's Anomaly at number 8 seed and Gang Affiliate by The Gospel Gangsters at number 9. Oh, man. And so this one was actually a tougher one. So... If Anomaly was cut down to seven tracks, kind of like a Kanye album was back in 2018 from good music, whether it was Designer, Pusha T, Nas, Tiana Taylor, or Kanye West, or even Kids See Ghosts, um, it probably would have won because I actually went and cut down Anomaly to seven tracks, like uh -huh. the seven best, Right. and that was a slap, but there's 13 songs on it, way too much. Mm. The Which... last half was really just <laughs> gang-affiliated with was an okay album. It's not bad. It's definitely considered a Christian rap classic, so go listen to it for sure. Gospel Gangsters has had some issues recently, just personal issues, way back like 10 years ago. Either way, it's still a great old school Christian rap album. They're from Compton, I believe, coming around the same time as NWA. So um, Gang Affiliate moves on, 9 over 8 that time. So um, this time we got the 5 versus the 12. We have Toby Mac's Welcome to Diverse City versus the number 12 seed, Church Close 2 by Lecrae. Mm. So um, Church Close 2 just deserves the win based on how much hip-hop is absent on the Diverse City album. Absolutely. But but if Toby had made the whole album like he did the first couple of tracks in that first interlude, which really slaps, by the way. It's only like 54 seconds long, but like if he had made the whole album as good as that and in that style, it would have turned into a toss-up for sure. Was that one an upset? Toby Max was... Uh, yeah, at least, at least by numbers, on. yes. Yeah. It was an upset, but like... When you look at the genres of these things, it's like, you know, it's not much of an upset because it's, no. not, it's not, it's like a pop rock rap sure. crossover. Yeah. So versus, you know, pure rap, mm. I mean, Church Close 2, yeah. I think is better. Oh, any day of the week. I now, think. There, there will be some crazy upsets later on, but I'm not going to spoil this for you. But next up, we have the four versus the 13. Number four, we have Beautiful Eulogy with Satellite Kite. And number 13, we have KB with Today We Rebel. I'm sure you've probably heard Today We Rebel. Definitely. Just a lot of young people really like KB. <laughs> so they probably know that album pretty well. Yes. But, um... KB's latest and most experienced form, in my opinion, couldn't do anything to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Beautiful Eulogy's debut LP. Beautiful Eulogy is definitely more experimental in their sound, definitely more theological in their sound. 
Yeah. They're more abstract. Yeah. They definitely get some uh, props from very well-established hip-hop publications. So that is definitely an album to check out. Satellite Kite is really, really good, in my opinion. Today We Rebel. I mean, I used to hate that album. Now I don't, but it's just, it's not Satellite Kite. Yeah. So um, Satellite Kite, the four seed moves on. And um, next up, we have the six seed versus the 11 seed. Soul Junk with 1956 and Beautiful Eulogy with Worthy. Now, there will be multiple artists that have multiple albums on this list. Gotcha. And I ended up actually cutting some out to put in some personal favorites of mine just sure. because they didn't make the top 64. Mm. And then, um, so as much as 19, uh, 1956 was a mixed bag, it definitely brought way more to the table artistically than Worthy did. And I didn't like every track off of 1956, but it kind of reminded me of Death Grips even, which anyone who watches Fantano or even Sean C., or just knows weird music, knows that Death Grips is a super, super, super weird rap group. But 1956 was kind of like that, and it even predated that sound that Death Grips even has, kind of, by, ooh, a good 10 years. Because 1956 came out in 2000, and Death Grips' first, their debut album was until 2012. 1956, it's a hard album to find. Cause <laughs> it definitely it, is. You just have to look up Soul Junk 1956. The only uh, place yes. I could find it was Bandcamp. And I went and listened to it, and yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm Actually, ironically enough, and there's a song on 1956. So there's only one song that Toby Max ever covered, and it's on the Diverse City album. And that song he covered is from 1956. Oh, wow. Okay. So 1956 definitely has some influence for some of these people. Um, Worthy wasn't bad, but 1956 was kind of a jazz equivalent for Death Grips. Uh, no, not... 15 or 12, but 10 years earlier mm. than them. So um, just artistically, you kind of have to give it to 1956. They really brought something to the table that Christian rappers are really not doing. Especially then you would have thought like, oh man, these drums sound weird. It's like trap drums right after the 90s. Um, Next up, we have the three versus the 14. We have Theory has it with three, ironically, at the three seed. And then number 14, we have KJ52 with it's pronounced 5-2. Now, um, come on. I respect KJ's grind and knowledge, but he's the embodiment of corny Christian rapper. He's he's the first person I think of when I think corny white Christian guy for the youth group. Theory has it definitely is um not a bad artist. I would recommend him. I think the next matchup that's gonna be the seven versus the ten matchup. We have Grits with Factors of the Seven at seed number seven, and DC Talk with their self-titled album, and I believe they're even their debut album. But um obviously the fake hip hop from DC Talk won't be one of the most important albums in Christian rap history. <laughs> Factors of the Seven, when you look at a list of like the most essential or classic Christian hip-hop albums, Factors of the Seven is on every single list I looked at. Mm. So um, if you're looking for classic Christian rap, Factors of the Seven is definitely one to look at. For one of the biggest group, I even hear um, My Life Be Like, ooh, wah, yeah. like in the mainstream from just random people. <laughs> and so, that's them. Yeah, that's Grits. That, wow. That made the same album. Holy cow. So this song that you might be hearing that's like, My Life Be Like, it's the same people. <laughs> Yeah. So I believe that's almost it for that section. We have one more matchup. It's Theory has it at number two also with Extra Credit and then Timothy Brindle at number 15 with The Restoration. Yeah, Extra Credit is executed way better than The Restoration. It's too easy to forget Timothy Brindle's album. Mm. But that's it for that section. Next up is uh, the D-Boy section. We got number one seed, Braille with Shades of Grey versus SFC at number 16 with Illumination. Now, um, Illumination was one of them that I put in because I'm like, man, this is a pretty good album. I should probably put it in this bracket, kid, 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 kid. Because it's just good and I want people to see it. So that's the 16 seed. And I put all of these in not knowing, I didn't want to rig my album. So I put them in it like seed placements mm. that you would give to March Madness play-in games. Sure. And so right here, we actually have an upset 16 over one. Uh, Shades of Grey by Braille was the fourth top rated Christian rap album of all time and Illumination doesn't even make that list. But um, I personally like Illumination a lot more. 
So Shades of Grey has some amazing production credits on here, including No of Cunning Linguist and Ninth Wonder. Raps are solid too. In fact, this is an amazing album, but um, it really has to go against pretty much the 36 chambers of gospel rap. So apologies to Braille and respect to Braille, but um, the 36 chambers of Christian hip-hop. Anyone who listens to Wu-Tang knows what I'm talking about. All right, so next up we have, um, in my opinion, just personally one of the more interesting matchups. We have at number eight, Kanye West with Jesus is King versus Deep Space Five, my favorite rap group, or my favorite Christian rap group with Unique Just Like Everyone Else. Mm. So um, here you have it. Both are <laughs> experimental, technically speaking. However, Kanye's lyrics are pretty egotistical and corny, while Deep Space Five is actually pretty good at storytelling. So um, I'll give it to Deep Space Five. Oh, goodbye, Kanye. But it's whatever. Jesus is King. That's the, the Christian mom slaps. Yes. Nobody really listens to Deep Space Five unless they want some like esoteric, weird sounding. Like even Ka fans would probably like Deep Space Five a lot. So really? any of the Ka fans who might be listening to this, definitely check out any Deep Space Five album we go over because there's another one that I'm about to mention. And Kanye leaves the Christian hip hop list just as quickly as he arrived. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I like that one. But um, next up we have at number five, a beautiful eulogy with Instruments of Mercy versus Shylin's Lyrical Theology Part One. And um, both are all right, and I like the concept of lyrical theology, but Instruments of Mercy has better rap, so it wins. It's uh, next up, another album I put in at number 13 seed. Um, we have Rebel by Lecrae, the um, maybe even the highest rated Lecrae project on here, versus Plato with Lonely Superstar. Now, Lonely Superstar was the album that got me seriously into Christian hip hop back in 2014. And so, um, Rebel may be the top ranked project for Lecrae, but um, Plato's debut had its own sound. As far as I know, he's the only one who's making music like that. And it sounded better than um, a pretty average Lecrae album. Real Talk was better than Rebel, but Lonely Superstar would even beat Real Talk. Um, next up, we have the 6 versus 11. We have Church Closed by Lecrae and uh, Rise by Triple E. Um, Lecrae says this is his best release so far. Church Closed 1 is definitely better than just another Triple E album. That one moves on. Got him. Now we got number 3 versus 14. We got Boogie Monsters with God Sound versus Whisper Moon by Listener. Now, um, if I wanted to listen to something in the same vein as God Sound, I would have just gone to Illumination. But um, Whisper Moon really reminds me of a Billy Woods album, which to me is a good thing. Billy Woods is kind of um, of the same abstract hip-hop vein. He's very he's more spoken word when he raps. Mm. Some of my favorite bars come from him, like I see murder in a crimson tie, George T. Which is a shout-out to a old Alabama player, old, old one, which to hear someone like that get shouted out in a rap song is one of the coolest things ever for me, even if I'm not much of an Alabama fan anymore. It's really cool to hear someone shout out a 90s Alabama football player. Man, there's some so, layers there. Yeah, so Whisper Moon is definitely kind of that. It's like slam poetry. Weird sound, but definitely check that one out. But um, that one moves on. Um, Next up, we have Braille and Symbolic Wonder S1 with Cloud19 versus Uncomfortable by Andy Minio. Mm. So um, which one sounds better? Well, an improved Andy Minio album. Or an album from one of the best Christian wordsmiths that is completely produced by a guy who had a hand in the production on Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm. Honestly, even though the the matchup number-wise is um, pretty close, I'd say it's kind of overpowered. I'm taking Cloud19 that time. Next up, we have the 2 vs. 15. and um, It's actually two Shylin albums going up against each other. We have the Solus Christus Project at number 2 and Stories at number 15. and um, The Solus Christus Project is just it's better. Next up, we have... Uh, the region. Um, number one, we got The Find by Omega Watts versus Intermission by DJ Official himself. Mm. And um, as I said, I randomly placed 
my chosen albums at random. So Intermission made it to the number 16 seed here. I hate to say it, but um, Intermission lost. It used to be one of my favorites. It's just not as good as The Find Is after going and listening to these albums some. But um, next up, we got Timothy Brindle with Killing Sin versus The Rise and Fall of Brainwash Projects by Brainwash Projects. And um, Rise and Fall, better album. Deep Space Five with The Night We Called It a Day over Ose Moore in the wake of O. CHH Classic versus A Throwaway. So yeah, move on to the next one. Um, we got Back Breakonomics by Marzil versus Stephen the Levite to die as gain. Going into this Back Breakonomics was my favorite Marzil project. The other one is just okay. Mm. Taking Back Breakonomics. Um, next up we got Soul Rebel by John Gibbs and Classic by Othello. And ironically, Soul Rebel is a Christian rap classic, and um, Classic is one of the most forgettable albums I've heard in this subgenre. I'm taking Soul Rebel. <laughs> Next up, we got Marzil again with Raw Material at the three seed and Andy Minio with The Sword at number 14. Mm. The Sword is good. It actually got me back into Andy Minio. Yeah, but it's great. But it's against a Marzil album, which this is Marzil's highest ranked album to the people at Sphere of Hip Hop who I have a bunch of stuff from. Used to support them until their website or their store shut down, sadly. That was their highest rated album. It's one of their highest rated albums here course i'm Tough just taking raw up. material it's hard for me to go against raw material it's a great album yeah next up we have full place by dj madge which is probably one of the most acclaimed christian mixtapes ever and then we have rehab by lecrae first time i heard lecrae period was on rehab with god is enough but um full plates is just one of my personal favorites and then next up we have true indeed at number 15 and propane by marzil at number two mm. so if you look at this list it looks like marzil has the lowest seed in marzil album i'm pretty sure is number four so and that's all their albums they only had three albums so wow. all three of their albums come like within the top 12 i think all time they're definitely a great group to look out for this time they definitely won this matchup actually no hold on actually you know what i'm just gonna go with my original bracket propane versus true indeed i'm taking true indeed i think the jazz rap sound that i really like is a little more present on true indeed it's definitely like the coffee shop raps i told you about a long yeah, time ago yeah, yeah. this is the same guy actually okay. the same group and it's actually from that album i'm pretty sure very good album definitely moves on mm. so that that is an upset but i'm um, Next region, we got DJ Official, or uh, the DJ Effecto region. We got Show Baraka with The Narrative at number one versus Theory Has It with Modern Marvels at 16. Mm. Now, going into this, The Narrative was probably the best Christian rap album I had heard. It's actually conceptual with the dates and stuff, starting with slaves arriving in America and then talking about social issues. Definitely going into something that Christian rap artists should be going into. Definitely easy win here for that. Next up, we have The Atonement by Shyland versus Blooming Sounds by Poems. Blooming Sounds moves on. Next up, we have Gravity by Lecrae versus Good Religion by Dream Junkies. Not much to say. You know, Good Religion, great album. Gravity, good album. So I'm taking Dream Junkies. Number four, we got Jackie Hill Perry with The Art of Joy versus Weapon Aid by Braille. Art of Joy, better album. Female representation. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. That's not why it's moving on. <laughs> Go, it's Jackie. Just, it's just a better album. It good is. job, Jackie, for that one. Um, Next up, we have Church Close 3 by Lecrae versus After the Music Stops by Lecrae. Probably two of my favorite Lecrae projects, if not my two favorite Lecrae projects. Church Close 3, I like more. That's um one of my favorites. And then next up we have um, Native Lungs by Braille versus Selective Hearing by Elemento. Native Lungs over Selective Hearing. Then we have L versus Envy by Jay Givens versus the 4th edition by Braille. Um, Jay Givens over 4th edition. I didn't like Glory too much. That was the number 15 seed by Manifest. Going against What's Happening by Omega Watts. So What's Happening moves on. Standing in the doorway after this musical transition and whatnot. Love it. And now back to uh, the favorite tracks of 
the past few weeks, I'd say. I would say week, but this is not consistent enough for it to be favorite tracks of the week. So I'd say, I guess, the past three weeks. So, uh, the first, past fortnight, you could say. Oh, you could. <laughs> past fortnight. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> Which, speaking of fortnight, I'm sure my little brother's playing fortnight as we're recording this. Oh. I would not be surprised at all. So first up, we got Danielle with Depression Freestyle Rough. Now, there's not much to say about it except good singing, good music. This was a vibe. Mm. I really liked listening to it. Definitely check that out on SoundCloud. Just the artist's name is Daniel. Just look up Depression Freestyle Rough and you'll find it. Next up we have Spencer the MC with Statement. This one reminded me of Numbers on the Boards by Pusha T, but not of the same level. It's just kind of the weird, the weird instrumental. I forget who produced it. I think one of the guys was named Naze, but this song was just an odd song, but a fun song to listen to. Definitely one of my favorite just slaps of the year. Um, definitely go check it out. Very fun to listen to. Spencer the MC on SoundCloud. Next up, we have Adam Arlock with Walk It Out. This reminded me in the chorus of... I took her to the penthouse and I freaked it. But also mixed with Poke It Out by Playboy Cardi with that... Poke It Out. Pull it out. And here he's like, walk it out, walk it out. This definitely is like a TikTok song. I could see this blowing up on TikTok eventually, mm. just from the way it sounds, the way it just kind of is grimy, slaps. It's one of those trap metal songs you would find on SoundCloud and TikTok, kind of like Tokyo's Revenge is Good Morning Tokyo that blew up on TikTok. Mm. So there's that. Definitely check that out. It's not only on SoundCloud, but it's on all platforms. It's also on Apple Music and Spotify, I'm pretty sure. So go check out Adam Orlock if you would like to. I'm almost positive that's the first time that a podcast will have predicted the next big TikTok song. So stay tuned. We'll see. Let's hope so. I really hope so. Staying in in contact with this guy, I really would love to see this guy blow up. He's also got some great songs like Nerves, for example, is Mm -hmm. a good song from him. Awesome. Um, But yeah, walk it out. Check it out. (laughs) That could also be a line for his next song. Walk it out. Check it out. Walk it out. (laughs) But uh, yeah, walk it out. Check it out. And uh, next up, we have XVX Fallen with Legends.exe. Now, at first, when I was listening to this song, I was not the biggest fan of it, but I it grew on me, and I actually have a track review for this song that I wrote, so I might even go try and find that. Mm. But pretty much the biggest thing I had with the song was how he was talking about how he wanted to blow up, but he also didn't want to be pressured into whatever happened to Little Peep or XXXTentacion in the way they died young, mm. especially with being famous, because with a lot of these famous artists, they die young, and he, he wants to be able to achieve their status without having to die. He's scared of doing so. Also talks about how everyone, especially SoundCloud rappers, feel suicidal, but they're scared to death of it. Mm. And so he kind of addresses the contradictory feelings of any SoundCloud rapper who's super sad. And this also has a Chris Craig feature on it. So, of course, you know, he doesn't have a great feature every single time, but he has a great feature most of the time. And mm. this time he really brought it, especially with the line of the song. His first line of his verse was um, one of my favorites. A diamond chain is a crystal noose. Wow. And so the way that we have these um, almost like selling out mm. is dangerous and can be death not only to our egos, but as people literally. Yeah, it's, that's um, good. Definitely. And some also good tributes to um, not only the SoundCloud rap people, but also some very unknown rappers who have passed away or some of the big ones like Biggie and Pac. Definitely covers grounds with his tributes and the way that people feel and thanking them for conveying some sort of emotion, whether it was intended or not, having a good influence on hip-hop community as a whole by inspiring a bunch of rappers to keep doing and carrying on their will in a way. So definitely check out Legends.exe by XVX Fallen and Chris Craig. Definitely one of my favorite tracks of the year. Next up, we got Bishop Scully with I Wanna Know. 
Now this was a 57 second song on YouTube, but it's just this guy who makes beats and it makes it here just because he, he's the best at it. He's super experimental with the sound. He makes everything with a handheld production device, a PO33. Mm. And so other producers I've talked to that I show this to, they're like, no way this is on a handheld device. I'm like, well, it is. And this guy is really, really good. So um, I want to know is just one of his many amazing beats. It's his most recent one, I believe. So go check it out. Thank you. Um, next up is Cio Kayo. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's C-I-Y-O, Just a Man on SoundCloud. Now this song definitely takes a very much brutal approach lyrically with addressing abuse in relationships and also with breathing going... <sighs> He puts himself in the situation, but I'm very sure that it is to convey the, the dangerous mind of an abusive partner. Mm. And even talks about how he, he wishes that when um, his girl's ex hits her up and calls her, that she answers, but she doesn't talk unless it's to the guy who's doing business with her. Mm. Of her saying that he's the best and that he can hear his heart break over the phone. Mm. And then talks about flowers on the grave. Tupzizu laid to rest and then the breathing again. You just have to listen to it to hear it. I can't mm. explain it as good as he did, but it really hit me when I heard that. Wow. And so just as a very meaningful conscious song on the dangers of abusive partners, mm. definitely go check that out. One of my favorites for a serious song for sure. Even production-wise, it's very minimal in its approach. Definitely go stream Kayo, Co, Just a Man, whatever his name is. Anyway, check that out. And now lastly, we have Aaron Carmack with Lucid Dreams. Now, Lucid Dreams is a famous Juice World song. But Aaron Carmack, without knowing this, was a um, member of the Jefferson Park Boys, which if anyone is keeping up, like I had said last time on the podcast episode, my favorite album this year was Purple Moonlight Pages by mm. Rap Ferreira. Yeah. Well, that was entirely produced by the Jefferson Park Boys, and this is one of the Jefferson Park Boys. And I had no idea when I went and found the song. Mm. I didn't know it until after I went back and listened to Purple Moonlight Pages that he said, Mr. Aaron Carmack, at the very beginning on the intro track. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then I looked on SoundCloud, and it was the guy I reposted. I was like, oh, this is cool. And at first, I thought it was going to be some sort of like EDM, some EDM boring remix of Lucid Dreams by Juice World. But no, it ended up being some almost boom bapish super... It's an odd sound, but it's a great remix. And in fact, I think all the curse words are removed, so it's even clean if you really want to play it out loud in front of your parents, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so definitely check all seven of those songs out. Um, I don't have anything else to say. What about you? I'll throw another quick one at you. Um, this is from a guy who um, has actually been around for a minute or two, but I just discovered him. His name is Tobe Nwigwe. Uh, spelled T-O-B-E-N-W-I-G-W-E. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently, and they brought him up. But his newest song is called, and this is a very long title, so brace yourselves, um, inspired by fat after we went to the Beyonce concert. That's the whole title. And um, I, I was first drawn to it because this podcast was referencing the music video to it and how creative it was. And I went and watched it and the, the music video definitely stuck out, but the, the music behind that was just really impressive and really good. And I had never heard of this guy before. Um, I thought he was really good, but there was a moment in the music video where uh, he's holding his baby in a chair and the camera pans down from his face to the baby's face and it places his mouth over her mouth so it looks like his baby's rapping the words along to it. So I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, the guy's really good, so go check him out for sure. Yeah, and that's really about it. I think lastly, I just want to thank people who checked out the first episode of Standing in the Doorway. Thank you very much for listening to that. Yeah. I thought I actually thought it was pretty cool. This has nothing to do with people listening to it, but how we were talking about 6 9 just being just fine and getting out of prison. He's not going to like 
get hit or anything like that. People wanted to be like, oh, he yep. broke a bunch of records <laughs> as soon as he got out of prison. So just like you said. A, yeah, just like we said. <laughs> so we both talked about it. I'm not going to take credit for that. I'm oh, sure no. some people saw it coming, others didn't, but it was cool to watch that happen right after we recorded that episode. Totally. So shout out to 6ix9ine for doing your thing. Just keep doing your thing, I guess, because it's really working a it's lot. It's up for it, for sure. And then also I would like to thank just the people who have been listening to this, especially um, specific shout-outs to Reese and Blueface Hundo, yeah. as well as Kid J and Davi G for sharing my podcast with people. Mm. But but most specifically to Reese for responding in a DM to me after I sent him the link to the podcast to say, hey, thanks for reviewing my album. I really see what's happening, and it's cool that – you guys reviewed my album. So it's really cool to get that response from someone who is making the music and taking it well as well. Because I was that, I was most scared of reviewing that album because if it was not going to go well, that he would be very angry. But he took it very well. So shout out to Reese. And everybody, please go stream that album. Stream please. Reese. Oh, yeah. So stream him as well as Blueface Hundo, who has done a great job promoting this podcast better than most. And so shout out to him as well. Make sure to go stream his album in two weeks um, I forget what it's called, sadly. I wish I remembered, but we'll probably be reviewing his album, too. Cool. And so make sure to um, check us out on social media, or at least check me out on social media. I don't know about Owen, but Georgia Dad Sasuke on Instagram, Georgia Dad Sasuke on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Georgia Dad Sasuke to check out what I'm reposting and liking, as well as maybe even episodes of this podcast. And then make sure you share it with yourself again, share it with your online friends, share it with your ex-family, and share it with everyone else. Now, um, Georgia Dad signing out. Peace.